0: Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. We're actually in Portugal at the Elite Speaker Bootcamp. So I'm here with uh, many great friends and elite speakers who do great things in the UK property training space. And one of the questions I was asked, which we usually cover every year, is what are my business plans for 2019 or the next year? And Spe- specifically related to growing our training businesses. And so this is a live talk. There's people in the room and I thought I'd share it with you on the podcast. So I made a somewhat audacious goal to break through the 20 million pound turnover plus booked business. And so to be technical on that definition, um, Turnover in some regards, depending on which account you ask, would include payment plan revenue not yet collected, but put on the book, so to speak. Others would deem it as cash taken in the bank. So I define turnover as business booked. Um, So cash in the bank plus the future payment plan revenues. Uh, And our best year was 19 million pounds, which many of you in the room will remember, was the Amazon year uh, when uh, um, Amazon got big on e-commerce and we launched um, training material in that, which sold probably nine or ten thousand pounds worth of training courses just on Amazon alone. Um, those kind of wormhole opportunities, where a big new business model that people can monetize quickly, that we can jump on, that we do and train others for, happens every one to three years. And, and I see it as my job to watch the market, watch what people want, and try and jump onto those opportunities. So I've got a list of maybe 15 or 16 things that I'm planning this year. Now, of course, this is a plan. So some of these may not come off. This is not like to quote me as a guarantee or your money back. This is a plan to take our training business beyond the 20 million pound barrier. We're currently over the last two years at maybe the 16 million mark. So this would be what a 25% growth, which when you're a 13 year old business is quite high growth. So this is by no means a A small challenge. So the first thing is I've been planning for the recession or, um, you know, some kind of property crash or some kind of hard impact from something like Brexit for quite a few years already. Uh, And um, some people have been misunderstanding me, feeling that I've been worried about the recession. I want to not be worried because I want to be planned. And I remember I had a board member. We, um, we occasionally have external board members come and sit in our board meetings. And this was about five years ago. He's actually, he was head of Peterborough Council. Um, he was on the board of Aviva. So he's a very successful business person, very experienced sitting on boards as a chairman, etc. And we'd really not even come out of the last recession. Uh, and Mark and I would just kind of get our heads around, you know, the next cycle And he said, chaps, you should be stockpiling cash now for the next one. And Mark was like, well, that's probably 10 years plus away. And he's like, exactly. Because if you start planning for it now, before it's kind of even finished, by the time it comes round, you'll have the one thing that's your biggest asset in a declining market, a recession or crash, and that is cash. Now, all of you in this room are property investors and many of you who listen to me are uh, and if you've been doing it long enough, you know there was 2010, 2011, maybe 2009, certainly 2008. Those of you that have been doing it for two or three cycles, I'm trying not to just look at David. <laughs> um, those of you that have experienced um, the, the, the um, cycle since the Second World War, <laughs> you, you, you'll know that there were certain years maybe uh, one or two years in the 80s, one or two years in the 90s, where if you could go back in a time machine with a briefcase full of cash, you'd have cleaned up. But you can actually plan that for the future by uh, stockpiling cash for the next recession. So Mark and I have been doing that for at least seven years already. Now, there's a few ways to do it. You can take notes if you want. It's up to you, of course, not if you're driving. Uh, So one way Mark and I do it is to actually save cash. So Mark and I draw money as drawings from our LLP. uh, And Mark always says to me, save 30 to 35 percent for tax and save half of it for when you and I want to go buying. So we don't actually pay 30 to 35 percent in tax. We pay a lot less because of Mark's clever accounting knowledge. But he always likes me to save that anyway because Mark would rather me save more than less. So essentially what Mark and I have as a, as a strategy for our own cash is about one third save for tax. And sometimes Mark's got a year where we've had a tax refund because we've got done capital allowances and offset various um, strategies. One third for saving for investing and then one third for living. That's kind of the rule Mark and I have lived by for many years. A third, a third, a third. It's ended up being um, about a third for living and then about four fifths of the remaining two thirds we're able to save because we don't have to pay such a huge amount in tax. Because as a business owner, there are many legitimate tax breaks. You just got to figure out what they are. We also do this for our company. So Mark and I will draw um, a maximum of 50 percent of our retained profits and we'll leave the rest retained sitting in the business bank account. So we have more money sitting in our bank account than we've ever had. Uh, and we, if we were to go into recession mode in terms of our overhead costs, i.e. if we were to thin a bit, then we've probably got two to three years running expenses with no sales saved in the bank. It's a bit less than that on current overhead, but you know, we're not in like... Have, we're not that lean at the moment because we don't have to be yet, but we could pivot into being lean if we had to, get rid of some certain expenses. I remember studying um, Bill Gates and all the big titans um, in 2006, seven and eight, and, and they always used to say, you want to get to the point, step one, where you've got a month's worth of working capital, i.e. the same amount of money in cash as your monthly overhead, and then you want to get to three months, and then you want to get to year, a year. And at certain points when... Um, Microsoft were at their most successful. They had one to two years operating expenses, current overhead in cash in the bank. So Mark and I have been doing that personally for many years and we've been doing it for the companies for many years. You should definitely be doing that. Um, and so that, that reinvestment of money might be into marketing. It might be into staffing. It might be into property and buildings, a new training suite, etc. It might be because the profit margins go down. It might be to burn some overhead while sales drop. But, you know, sales, are, if you take a 15-year cycle, sales are not going to be consistent and you're going to have some big years and some low years. But what people tend to do is spend all their money in the big years and not save it for the low years. So, yeah, we've been doing that for a long time. Um, it does... It makes you make less volatile decisions and you are less emotional when you've got cash sat in the bank. Because when you haven't, you're like, oh, any business opportunity? Oh, yeah, I'll try that. Oh, crypto. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh, this is a money making opportunity. Stuff you wouldn't normally do because you're emotionally void and you're trying to search for opportunities to make money quickly and fill that emotional void. So having cash behind you will balance your emotions and therefore give you clear strategic decision making processes moving forward. So um, obviously, if you're listening, this is for you to model for your business. If you're here in the room, that's just hopefully giving you some more confidence. You're partnering with the right company and speaking for the right organisation. Now, generally, the first expense that gets cut in a recession for most companies, which is wrong, is marketing. It's usually marketing first, staff second, because they look at the profit and loss and the management accounts. They see how much money they're spending in marketing. They immediately see that as a saving. And then when things get d- difficult, they might go to staffing. But I want to do the opposite in the recession. I want to spend more on marketing, because if everyone else is cutting budget, that means there's less competition, because at the moment, There's loads of competition for Facebook ads, for Google ads and for various marketing strategies. There's loads, YouTube ads. But in the recession, that's where everyone's going to cut their expenses. So if we've got, you know, millions in the bank and a couple of years worth of retained, stored up marketing spend, then we can not be frivolous, but it's frivolous where you spend a lot or it's frivolous where you're um, tight and careful. lot, that's what. Yeah. So um, what's chivalrous? That's you, Alex, chivalrous. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, so um, we won't be frivolous with our spend, but we certainly want to up the marketing spend. Okay, so um, the next thing then is we want to be in a position to be able to lean overhead. Now, we've got a pretty lean overhead. We've got an overhead of about half a million a month. Um, And on a £16 million business, but that does, that's all, not all cash in bank. That's all right. I'd say our net profit margin is 12 to 15 percent at the moment. Um, we're pretty lean because Mark's my business partner doesn't let things go crazy. Uh, we certainly haven't got any staff wastage. Um, we've got a bit of marketing wastage, but there's always like 10, 20 percent we're testing where we accept that that's wastage. But we are ready if we have to, to double down on that. I don't want to. I'd like to never have to, but we're ready if we have to. Okay, next thing I'm doing this year, which is a really big change on last year, is I'm looking to get equity and partnerships in other businesses. So traditionally, Mark and I have always built our own business. Progressive property, unlimited success, progressive lets, intuitive standard. You know, Mark and I have got more companies than, than people necessarily know we have, but they're all set up by Mark and I or Mark and I and one other partner. But I'm now looking to get equity in existing businesses. And I'm talking to four companies at the moment. They're all friends stroke partners. One is in, not in property at all. It's actually in technology. And three are in property. And what I'm looking to do is essentially get equity in competit- competitive businesses. Now, these three that I'm looking into... They're not really competitive as we see them, but as the market might see them, they might be deemed as competitive. Because if I can do that, I de-risk to a certain degree progressive losing 20% of its business next year if there was a big recession. Now, obviously, I've got to bring value to the table for them to give me equity. But I've got a lot of experience in this niche um, and I've been doing it for a long time and we have the biggest training company. So there's three deals I'm quite close to putting together. Now, I don't quite know what they're looking like yet, um, so you'll find out when I know. But I'm not looking to sell my time. I'm looking to be a strategic partner, bring in my value, maybe even have them as an aligned partner with us and then, you know, uh, get some ownership in the company. That's, that's the play and the plan. Um, and I think that gives us a growth because we're going to be getting, let's say I got and on average 25% in each of these companies, and obviously I've got to bring value for that, then you know, we're going to get a quarter of the profit of these companies. And it it means we can have partnerships which are very aligned. Because if you think about it, if I can partner with someone and also have a a shared interest in that company, Progressive will get paid for the partnership and then I'll get paid again for having equity in the company. And that's something I... Did talk a bit about last year. We were looking to buy a letting agency last year. We're close to buying one this year. Um, But, you know, you have to kiss a few frogs, don't you? And like a bit like property, you have to put a few offers out and they don't all come to fruition. So, again, they all may come off. One may come off. None may come off. Who knows? This is the plan. But I'm at quite – I'm definitely on two of them, I'm really quite far down the negotiation process. On one of them, uh, Mark and I are are flying to see this company – in um, in about three weeks' time, in this this tech business, it's a business I'm convinced is going to go huge. I don't want to say it uh, on on the podcast. I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. I'm um, sorry, um, but it's just um, yeah. It, but it, it's a very young business. But when I say it to you, you will you will also know that it's going to be huge one day. Um, I, I I'm very aware that there's businesses outside of my space that. I've not got a massive amount of knowledge in and I'm trying to maintain my self-awareness. You know, like, As a business owner who's been doing business for a long time, I've definitely generated more than 100 million quid. I'm pretty confident. I've got good business experience. I feel good self-worth about that. And I think I could go into most businesses and help them, but I've also got to know my limitations. I don't know tech industries, but this company wants me for my marketing knowledge because they run courses, but they're so vanilla and so dry and so technical and so regulated. And if I can bring a bit of the progressive way, that's going to give them some magic. Um, they, they, they don't charge enough for their courses. They don't have the masterminds and the mentorships and the academies, which is where all the money is. So um, that, that's, what, that's something that I'm looking into this year. Okay, next is, as you know, I woke up out of my semi-retirement again for about the eighth time. Uh, on my 40th birthday, and I'm going to be more involved personally in, um, I'm going to be doing a few more courses this year. I'm not going to be doing 100 of our 800 that we do. Last year I might have done 25 of our 750 that we did, but I might be doing 50 of our 800 or 820 that we'll end up doing. Um, And I've been booked to do a couple of speaking tours around Europe, um and I'm certainly gonna look to do a little bit more keynote speaking. Um, so that'll be something that I'll be doing. And, and you know what? Um I I for the 90 minutes I get paid 10 grand for the 90 minutes. For this um European tour, I'm getting 25 grand per day and I'm doing a few days. But the money isn't really what I'm interested in. By the way if you're a promoter and listening, I'm still wanna be paid. So I am I am interested. But what I'm interested is testing these markets. And seeing how I and our products get received in the Netherlands, in Scandinavia, in Dubai, in Qatar, in Thailand, in Australia, in America. Um, So that's really one of the reasons that I'm doing it, because as you all know, in this room, I don't like being away from the kids. Um, All right, next then is um, we're going to continue to build our databases, our followers and our community. So we have 523 subscribers across Progressive Property and Unlimited Success. Broken down approximately 370 Progressive and then the rest, Unlimited Success. We have 22,000 in the Facebook group for Progressive, nearly 20,000 in the e-commerce, 14,000 nearly in the Disruptive Entrepreneur, nearly two and a half million subscriptions, but that's past and present on my podcast. Um, and I'm going to look to, I think doubling that's a bit ambitious this year, but I'm going to look to grow that by 25%. I figure if I can grow that before anything might happen with the economy, et cetera, then I've got more followers and fans and a potential clients to offer new products and services to or existing products and services that they haven't already bought. If that becomes something we want to do. So I'm investing as we speak. I'm investing probably 30,000 pounds a month in doing just that. All right, next then is we're having, we're having a rebrand this year and we're merging unlimited success and progressive property into one brand, which is going to be called Progressive. So there will no longer be progressive property. There will no longer be unlimited success. There will be progressive. And then there will be progressive property underneath it, progressive success underneath that, progressive lets, progressive developments for, for the developments that Mark and I do. So we're making all of our brand into one brand. Progressive property has more equity as its brand than unlimited success. But unlimited success has more global growth ability than progressive property because progressive property is property. So we feel like we're getting the best of both worlds, merging those brands. I mean, they're both my companies and Mark's companies, so it's not like it's a massive overhaul. But we've been planning this for years um, and we feel we're nearly there. I've just got to write the website copy um, and then that is going live. And um, I I think that that's great because what Progressive ultimately want to become is an alternative to university for business and personal development. And that's got global reach and scale and opportunity. But all of us in the room who are in property, we know that doing property in London is different from Leeds, let alone England to Qatar. So that's been hard to scale, which is why we've not taken progressive property as, uh, globally as quick as we could. Because I can't, I'm not ever going to teach something I don't believe in and I can't teach how to invest in property in Thailand. And anyone in the UK who tries to teach it in Thailand is either teaching something that doesn't work or they're just too generic. Because personal development transcends every continent. Entrepreneurship and starting your own small business transcends every continent. So that's exciting. And that's uh, one of the things that will be happening very soon. Next is we're going to do four to six events in other countries this year. Uh, And um, I don't plan to be uh, running those. I'd love you to jump on board should you choose. Uh, I haven't nailed down what they are and I've got to find an uh, overseas promoter. But it's likely to be from Netherlands, Scandinavia, Qatar, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Thailand, America, Australia. Just like to, likely, I probably won't do all this year because, of that, you know, if we go too big too soon, no point flying to Australia with four of us to do an event for 20 people. You know, you've got to know that you're setting up some assets over there. Um, I had a conversation with my publishers a couple of days ago. In fact, the top person, no, the vice top person in the whole of her ship, which are the second biggest publishers in the UK, came and sat in one of my meetings and my guy who manages my books, was like, she's the big dog. She's the big dog. This is very important. This is very important. This is very important. Um, And uh, she was saying, we want to get you in America and Australia, Rob, because you're going to work over there and they're much bigger markets than the UK. So that's the plan. Um, Next is I'm going to commit to writing two books a year, Um, maybe more, but launching two books a year. Uh, I probably already have done. When did Life Leverage? Life Leverage came out three years ago. Life, Leverage, Money, Start Now, Get Perfect Later, Routine Equals Results. So that's four books in three and a bit years. So I'm not quite at two a year, but I'm going to be at two a year. I'm um, Worth More comes out in May on audio and July on paperback. I've got to have the next book written by May stroke June to launch towards the end of this year. And these books are all written now so that they can sell globally and they're assets that last for decades. Next, then, is we want to launch some new events. So in, we've launched BBS, Business Breakthrough Summit. We did money last year, year before, which we may bring out again. We're going to test a brand new no money down event um, which I think David and Kevin are doing. We're going to test a rent-to-service accommodation event, which I think Kevin and Kevin are doing. Um, I think these are almost nailed down now. Um, I want to test a personal development event. Uh, That'll probably be with the launch of I'm Worth More, a new purely personal development event. You all know in this room I've wanted to for years, but it's got to have a commercial element. Um, we've also got this big event coming up 7th and 8th of June, which I'm not going to say live on the podcast yet because the contract isn't signed. But the big event for 1,200 people. Um, so that's also launching this year. I mean, I know that you could do events for 2,000, 5,000 people, but they're too risky in my view. You have to work up to them. There was an event in in Miami, which was supposed to be 35,000 people, which I heard lost a lot of money. So I like to big events, move up to them ever so gently. Uh, Right, so bigger and newer events this year is in the plan. Next, then, is new premises. So this is the bane of Mark's life, but those of you that do speak in our um, training suites and come to our training facilities as a um, student, a delegate, we can squeeze 300 if you literally kick them in with your feet um, upstairs, and then we've got two that are probably around about 50, give or take, downstairs, but we've outgrown that and we do 800 events a year and only 50 outside of Peterborough. Well, we did 720, I think, last year or 750 and only a couple of dozen outside of Peterborough. So one training facility is running two and a half events a day. It's, it's not untenable at the moment, but it's a squeeze and getting new dates in is hard. And also we're at capacity in our offices So within one year, we're probably going to have to buy a new building. Now, I want a, not purpose built, but recently built where we've got the, because at the moment we have the training suite next door to the office and that's cool, but what I want is it all in one building ideally. So those of you that know Peterborough well, the two buildings I would like, one is the one I crashed the Ferrari into, the News International. I don't know if you've seen that, but that is a big, magnificent building. That's the one I've got my eye on. But at the moment, it's a bit big for us. We'd probably need half of it for now. But if I could rent out the other half, could buy that. And then the one about three doors down, which is the American Express building, which is next door to Starbucks. It's about four storeys. It's got the bike sheds out the front. You probably know the one I mean. You'd recognise it. So if anyone's listening and you own those buildings, can we do no money down <laughs> and dig <deal> it on? <laughs> now, I'd like to, um, that, you know, buildings like that is what we're sniffing around. I'm going to have to start meditating a a bit more and get into the unified field and make that happen. (laughs) Um, Next then, and I can't tell you about this, I'm sorry, um, but Mark and I have got a bit of an offer on the table to raise a lot of money. That's all I can tell you. Um, Mark and I have never been one for raising money for businesses. We don't have any shares sold or other equity partners in our companies. Um, Obviously, we raise money for property deals. But, um, yeah, we've got uh, an an offer, not a hard offer, but an offer out there. Mark and I are going to explore that and go down the road of that. Um, That's all I can really tell you at this stage. I know that's quite vague, but that's all I can tell you. Next, then, is I'm going to be growing my own brand's and all of you in this room and listening, I assume, want to grow your own brands too. So I'm going to be growing my social media, as we've discussed a lot this, on this course. I'm going to be growing my podcast, um, getting my books sold in different countries and hopefully maintaining all the best seller statuses that I've been getting. Want to grow in America, grow in Australia, want to grow YouTube and LinkedIn and Instagram. So that's a continual thing. But I want to really up my game on that. Um, now, of course, as you're listening, you, this is my plan, but this is not me telling you my plan. This is, these are the things that you can also be doing for your own ventures, your own businesses. OK, I've never done a podcast like this before. So if you're listening and you think this is the kind of thing you like, um, message me and let me know. And if not, message me and let me know. All right. Next then is... There's likely to be a new joint venture or two happening this year. There normally is a joint venture or two that happens each year. Um, and hopefully this year we get that wormhole. Alex, that you, you fluttered your eyelids at me there. I know what that means. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, once every year or two, we get a wormhole open where the new service accommodation or the new no money down or the new e-commerce or whatever opens up. Now, I have to have a few... Um, the universes that collide, for for me to back that. One would be I have to believe in it. Two would be it has to be proven to make money. Three would have to be there's a market for it. Um, But, you know, you get those universes colliding every one to two years, I would say. Hopefully we'll find one this year. Uh, Jamie, you were asking me – no, it was Dan, sorry. Dan, you asked me what happened to that Channel 4 TV show. Well, they're still in talks about it. Um, and I had a big TV show in 2006 that I was on, a reality TV show called Get A Life. And since then, Mark and I have done dozens of pilots and been down to big production companies and Channel 4 and Channel 5 and ITV and all this. And, you know, we're, you're going to make your star and this is going to be the big new primetime TV show. And it's never really happened. And either that's because that's the media or Mark and I are shit. I mean, i got faces for radio. It's one of the two. Um, but I'm not giving up that pursuit of landing something like that, something big. I would like to do that. I'd like to have that experience. I think I'd be good at it. So I'm still going to continue to hunt those out. I have a PR company. Um, So let's see how that goes. Because if I can do that, that can filter down and help all of us. Um, We're going to be doing more live stream events and more global live stream events. Now we have a live stream studio. Not too many. And there's reasons for that. But new events we want to test or ones that... A global, therefore, people couldn't come to our training academies. Uh, We're going to be doing more of those. Those of you in the room, some of those are going to be up for grabs. Uh, Mark's going to write a new book. Well, David's going to write Mark's new book. That's exciting. That'll be launched in 2043. (laughs) Mark loves writing books. (laughs) Um, But we've come up with what I think is a really good concept, which will sell at least 11 copies for Mark. (laughs) Poor old Mark. Mark's books are are brilliant. They're just a little bit more niche. Um, But, yeah, we want to write a book with, you know, David's going to help Mark write that book. Um, Mark has, like, a love-hate relationship with writing books. He hates writing them and he likes, he loves them when they're finished. Um, So we probably, I guess, we need to nudge Mark about that, David, do we? Yeah. Yeah, um, I want to increase my creativity and innovation this year. Like, um, I'm quite an arty, creative soul. Also in my um, vulnerabilities and needs to be liked and a bit sort of a a rebel as well and not liking to be like everyone else. Uh, That's always been something that's been in me since a young age. And I think when we were young and starting up as a company, we were more creative and disruptive with our campaigns. Our campaigns from a marketing perspective are the best in the industry because we, we know how to do a launch and we're great at them. And we give great value and have great bonuses and great offers. Actually, today live is Kevin McDonald's No Money Down audiobook launch, which is going wild. He, he was number five in the business section before pretty much we'd woken up, before they let us in for breakfast. So that's gone great. But... I don't know if you saw the 4X Marketing Mastermind, um, four times Marketing Mastermind launch I did on my 40th birthday, inspired by Alexander McQueen's documentary. We did that um, quite fun Valentine's Day video campaign. And I want to be really creative, disruptive, innovative, novel, new, with our marketing campaigns this year. I want people to talk about them. I want people, people to enjoy watching them as well as enjoy investing in our courses and programs. So I've got lots of ideas and I'm open to yours and also listeners. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone listening to the podcast and everyone in the room because each time I go out and say, hey, I don't know whether to write a book on mindset or a book called Standout or I get loads of private messages and loads of people suggesting books I should write and giving me feedback. So please do share any strategies or campaigns you think would um be good for us. I'm, I'm open to that. I'll always give you credit. Next then is we're going to continually test new markets and new media. We're testing Spotify ads at the moment. We think that's going to be big. We test ad, uh, Amazon ads last year. and we've, we've scaled them up. So we're always going to be testing new media. I may do a podcast tour this year in America. So I might hire like a, um, what are they called? Those big mobile homes. What do they call them in America? Winnebago. Hire one of them. Get Tom and Harry. Um, With their video cameras and and to drive around America and stop and interview a load of big cool guests and do a bit of a podcast tour there and get get a bit more out there and known in America. Um, So that's the plan. Um, Not set in stone may end up being the year after. Uh, We'd like to have 10 new uh, progressive property network franchises this year so we can grow the reach of progressive getting out there. And we may launch one or two abroad this year, like Dubai. Um, We will see. Um, we will increase our prices later in the year, which is good for all of us. Um, and if you're listening and you invest in some of the stuff we do, make sure you get in before the price rise. Um, and then Mark and I are developing two big buildings at the moment. We'll probably end up buying one more this year. Mark doesn't know that yet, though. Um, so we'll probably be developing three big buildings. In total, they'll probably be 150 to 200,000 square foot, which is probably like... 250 units, I would say. So that's um, the 20 million pound, six x, three x growth plan um, for 2019. So thanks for tuning into the podcast. I hope you found it useful, um, please do give me feedback if this is the kind of content you like. Um, you can do that in the Disruptive Entrepreneur Facebook community. We have millions of subscribers and subscriptions all over the world, but only 13 and a half thousand of you are in the Facebook group. So clearly. Um, Some of you need to either get on Facebook or um, pull your finger out. Go to uh, Facebook search Disruptive Entrepreneur. You'll find our community there and join. Um, And let's talk how I can help you grow your business. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.